You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. Well, you're in for a treat this morning, River family. In the conclusion of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, during the, this, this week during prayer and fasting, uh, I was actually doing what I usually do based upon, well, the Bible tells you to ask for wisdom in James. And the Bible says, if you ask for wisdom in faith, that God will give that liberally to you. Amen. What are we even talking about in a humorous way of it's the wisdom of God to give you the insight to move forward in life, to look like you know what you're doing because God knows what he's doing. So I was up here in prayer, and man, it was so powerful. Every time we gathered for the, the midweek prayers, and we're going to continue it this Wednesday from 12 to 1, will be midweek prayer too, as long as... Uh, uh, one of the staff will be here if, not, if all the pastors are in Tampa, but we're going to make it happen. Carrying forward the midweek prayer, 12 to 1, come on out. We prayed over the police chief. We prayed, prayed over the fire chief. We, we, uh, they came in one day. We laid hands on them and just prayed with them. We're believing for great things in Claremont. Amen? Amen. And so the presence of God was in the place, and I was praying, and I was asking God for wisdom. And a brother that goes to our church was going in for a procedure. And he came forward and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going in for a procedure this Friday on my heart, and I'm just going to ask for, for the elders of the church to come and lay hands on me and just pray for me according to the book of James. So we prayed for him. Pastor Summer, man, she went, she was like, holy ghost. She, she tapped in, she tapped in like an old, like African, like, my God. The people seven blocks away were healed and don't know what happened. It was powerful. I mean, I, I honor that. That's it. Passion. And it was such a, and I was walking away and it was just, I mean, we were laughing. It was just the presence of God. And I heard, it came from my gut because I'd been praying for el, uh, wisdom. And then the, the man said, elders, the wisdom of the elders it just hit my gut. And I saw, see, people don't, maybe you don't know at the river, but one of the most incredible things I've witnessed as a church that when we came here, I was 32 years old. I have always been impressed by the people that God surrounds us with. People of much fruit, people of much experience with the Lord, people that have done greater things, that have done more than I have done, come to this church and call it their home. And so I saw in my spirit we were going to call some of the elders, you could call it, of the church to minister today. So what I've done is I've assembled an army. It's, or you're going you're to hear, and what I presented with them was if you were sitting with a believer and you had one piece of advice or one lesson to give them concerning your entire walk with God, what would that one piece be? And I didn't, we didn't even let them all know what each other's going to share, but it seems like a message that was woven from the foundation of time by the author, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so you're going to hear from four different people today, and they all have one piece that they want to give you concerning their walk with God. And before we call them up, I do want to just say I honor every one of these people that are coming forward. The fruit of their life, it probably time will fail us to, for them to even give a proper introduction of all that they have done for the kingdom of God in their, in their days and their years of faithfulness. But just suffice to say, these men and women have done great and wonderful things for the kingdom of God and have displayed faithfulness and character. And so we honor them as a river family. Amen. And I want you to receive everything that you can from them. 
be like a sponge and suck everything up. Amen? So without further ado, we're going to start. Um, Brother Mark Van Diemen, I call you forward. Brother Mark and his wife just celebrated 50 years of being married. That in itself is supernatural. Are you ready, sir? Amen. I honor you. I salute you. God bless you. Take us away. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. We're all here this morning as trophies of His grace and kindness. And that really is what matters. But uh, I, like you, probably came principally for one reason this morning. The taco bar. <laughs> Just kidding. There is an anointing for humor in this pulpit. <laughs> and wisdom. And it seems fitting that as I was asking the Lord about really why we're here, I, I felt the Lord just reminded me, we're here because we need each other. And uh, I did not realize when Susan and I came here, uh, sold our house in Indiana a couple years ago and moved to the area, we thought we were coming here to help Pastor Joe and Melody because that's what the Lord has spoken to us. We've been friends for about 25 years and our when Pastor Joe was in Illinois and we were pastoring in Indiana, uh, we did a lot of things together. We did mission work together. Our youth groups got together, things like that. But we came here thinking that we would, uh, we would be helping, only to find out what we really came here for was the Lord wanted to meet the needs that were in our life at this season. And I remember vividly the first Sunday of last year, it was an evening service sitting back here, and the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He said, you came here thinking you were going to serve and help, but you need this young man in your life. And I told him, I need that young man in my life and his wife and the team that the Lord is assembling here. And Susan and I are just so thankful that, uh, uh, just be emotional, you are my family here. Uh, most of the time, our nine sons are scattered throughout the world and our 18 grandkids, but we love you guys, and uh, we appreciate the way you have made us feel uh, like family. And I want to talk about, you know, it may be evident now, but I, I have been a preacher for a long time. Uh, I'm really just interested in talking about the Lord. He's allowed us to plant churches, and we've pastored over a half a dozen churches the last 45 years. And I was the academic dean of a Bible college, and the Lord let me help about a thousand authors, Christian authors, publish their books in, in the last 10 years. And, uh, and um, none of that really mounts to anything in my mind if, if I am not, and Susie, if we're not where the Lord wants us helping and serving people. And uh, we just really consider it an honor to be here and be part of you guys, plain and simple. So um, I, I love to eat. Matter of fact, I used to joke about... <laughs> Uh, so it's fitting that we're breaking a fast here today. Um, I used to call myself a fairly portly preacher of preposterous proportions. <laughs> and I remember when your dad would represent that remark as well, because we met almost 40 years ago, a long time ago. Um, but this last year... Um, um, I, I made a change in my life. Um, 
I, I want you to know we have entered in, and I might just look like an old preacher standing up here, but you're looking at a guy who has entered into the last 20 years of his life, just entered it, that will be the most faithful and fruitful that we've ever known in our lives. And I believe it's because the Lord graced us with a spiritual hunger from an early age. So I want to talk to you uh, this morning about being spiritually hungry, if I can. And it, it seems sort of fitting that we are doing the taco bar, uh, bar but um, I know that I couldn't do this next 20 years as we're going to do it in power, as we're going to go together and do things in the nations. The Lord's let me travel to many, many nations, but I believe there are still nations waiting for us. And I remember the word of the Lord that came to me 20 years ago when we just had launched a new church on the south side of Indianapolis. The Lord woke me quickly from a sleep uh, after the afternoon the service, and I heard him say as clearly as uh, we're talking with one another today. Susie reminded me the other day in prayer. She heard it again. I believe it applies here. I believe it applies for this ministry. The Lord said to me, shake the county. Shake the state, shake the nation. Now, God will shake things up with his hungry people, his hungry servants. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I remember when I first entered the ministry as a young Methodist preacher boy, I put myself through college with a cabinet and floor covering store, but I felt called of God. I'd made a lot of money. I had a brand new house. I had two new cars, and I was 25 years old. And I felt I got to have, there's got to be more. I want to be in ministry. I want to do that. I remember telling my dad, he said, Mark, why would you do that, son? You have everything every young man I've ever met wants. And I said, yes, but Lord, there's so much more, dad. I want to get out, and I want to serve, and I want to do something for God. Only finding out now here about 45 years later that I was much like young David. I want to do something for God. I want to build a house for him. Little did I know in the same way David was wanting to do something for God and God said, I'm wanting to do something for you that the Lord is showing me he's wanting to do something for us. Amen? He's wanting to do something for you. If you'll just be hungry for him and press in. Amen. I was, uh, I was thinking about... At the beginning of this year, I not only heard that word about uh, what I needed, but my wife, who's been so patient with me for 50 years, Susie said, uh, with, with her birthday coming up, she said, Mark, I have something that I'd like this year. She never asked me for anything. Now, she's the most wonderful, kind woman that you, you've ever met in your life. Been a great wife, a great mom, a great grandmother to the, the grandkids. But she said to me, um, keep in mind, I've been carrying about 300 pounds most of my life. And I used to joke pathetically, really, about the fat belongs to the Lord. <laughs> but Susan asked me, she said, Mark, I'd really like to live a long time with you. I'd like for you to finish the course. I'd like for you to finish in strength. Hmm. I'd like to live a long life with you. Would you mind losing some weight? And I said to her, honey, couldn't I just get you some shoes or a new dress? <laughs> so it felt appropriate that we launched. And this morning, I've, I've, I thank God. He's so kind. 
by the mercies of God and my wife helping me, um, I, um, I saw on the scale numbers that I must have seen when I was in eighth grade. Amen? And she said, you lost a person. Glory to God. Now, with that said, the one piece of advice that I felt the Lord prompted me about when Pastor Caleb asked me if I'd be willing to share this morning, honored me that way, I said, yeah, and I, as soon as I put it before the Lord, he said, talk about staying hungry. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. The sort of um, uh, keystone passage in the Old Testament in Proverbs Chapter 16, a man is driven by his appetite or his hunger. That's what drives us. So that's true naturally. It's the thing that drove me to get married when my wife and I just met it as teenagers. She wanted, uh, she wanted to stay friends, but I knew we were going to have to go and spend our lives together. All right? That passion drives you. Amen. Can I just say this to you if you're taking notes? Pursuit is the evidence of passion. Pursuit is always the evidence of passion. What you pursue says what you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about the Lord, you will pursue Him. I felt that the Lord specifically gave me the Philippians 3 passage where the Apostle Paul, who's writing from prison in probably less than ideal circumstances, he says that he counts everything in his life, chapter 3 and verses 7 to 10, he counts, casts all these things as uh, dung in light of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. I always distill that passage. And when you preach this, Pastor Mark, when you preach this, Bobby, preach it that I might know him, that I might gain him, and that I might be found in him. Amen. That is the pursuit we have as those who are hungry for the Lord. Those who stay hungry for the Lord. Susie saw that in my life that I was hungry. We entered the Methodist church. We didn't know any better. That's where we started. Everybody got to start someplace. After a year of them teaching nonsense and liberal stuff, they didn't believe in the Bible or anything like this. I was so ready to quit. I had multiple supernatural encounters with God. And during that season, I was so hungry, I would go to a different church every night and find I, I wanted more. I knew there was more than what I was being told. And I remember when my mother called me and said, hey, Mark, there's a charismatic renewal service at our home Methodist church. I had no idea what that meant, but I was going. I remember we went that night. He gave the invitation. He preached on what happens when the glory fills the temple. He gives you power in five areas of your life. I don't have time to preach it this morning. But we came up. They laid hands on us, and we went down. We got up and left. Twenty years later, I found out in a local pastor's group, there was a lady there that said, do you remember what happened to you that night? And I said, yeah, the Lord touched us. She goes, no, you were down like a half an hour on the ground. I said, all I know is when I went back to the little church, the little Methodist church where I was pastor, and people started getting healed. People, miracles started happening. God began to move by the grace of God. But that hunger was in me from that time, and we began to move in the things of God. We began to move any place he would send us. We began to, we, I changed schools. I went to a place where it wasn't so liberal, where they, they believed in holiness to the Lord, where they taught the word of God. So spiritual pa uh, passion in our lives is the thing that I believe that God really wants to drive us this morning. 
When I think about David bringing the Ark uh, of the Covenant back into the tent, he, he ordered the, the praisers and he ordered the singers to begin to worship the Lord. But he said to them, seek the Lord in his strength. It's in 1 Chronicles 16, 11. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. So it's in the seeking of the Lord. You know, when Jesus laid forth in the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you see him continually underlining the word to seek. Be continually seeking. And to seek first the kingdom of God. That is so inherent to the part of staying hungry. If we're going to stay hungry, we have to seek first the Lord. When wisdom speaks... He says in Proverbs 8, 17, being in the Proverbs, Pastor, he said, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Hallelujah. Jeremiah comes along and confirms it in 29, 13, a verse most of you know. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Hallelujah. And I like what Pastor said about understanding that when you give, there is a reward for that. In the same way, when you seek God, there is a reward for that. Which is why we come to him by faith, recognizing that he is a rewarder, my brother, of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. He is a rewarder. So uh, I was sharing just uh, at dinner the other night with uh, friends of ours, and uh, I said, Pastor Caleb had asked me to talk a little bit on Sunday morning about one thing that I would give as counsel in the body of Christ. And they said, well, what is it going to be, Brother Mark? I said, stay hungry. And our sister said, how do you do that? How do you stay hungry? I would be remiss by just encouraging, exhorting, and admonishing you to stay hungry without telling you how to do it. First of all, you have to press into God. Second of all, surround yourself with people who are hungrier than you are. That's one of the reasons that we're here. We didn't know there were so many hungry people in this land. Thank God for you. Your hunger is like righteousness that provokes us to hunger even more. Glory to God. Immerse yourself in the Word, thirdly. If you stay in the Word, this is what I love about Susan. She is a woman of the Word. I would be gone for all week at seminary driving from Indiana to Ohio and then the last uh, semester, Indiana to Kentucky, and she would be buried in the Word from the time I left to the time I got back. Man, I'm telling you, if you want to pursue the Lord, staying hungry for Him, you have to immerse yourself in the Word of God. The fourth thing that I would say to you, how do you stay hungry? How do you stay hungry? You have to get rid of the distractions that are in your life. I told the marriage group the other night, for many years, we didn't even own a television. And after, I don't know, Brother Rick, the sixth or seventh child was born, we had friends offering to buy us TVs. Man, by the time the ninth one came around, they were willing to do a whole entertainment center. Get rid of the distractions in your life. Stay hungry. Amen. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And don't get entangled, fifthly, don't get entangled with the things that are in the world. Beloved, I thank the Lord for an opportunity to share with you this morning. And uh, you are a great blessing to us. I'd like to introduce, if I, I can, uh, Brother John Walters. John?
Praise the Lord. I feel like I had too much TV. We only had one kid and had to adopt one, so we probably watched too much TV. So. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Um, I have to do this before I just introduce myself. Um, my, I like Mark. We are we have beautiful women in our lives, and my wife Phyllis is here. Uh, Thirty-eight years of marriage. Love you, honey. We both uh, we were married at five, so this makes us forty-three. Um, this is a great. This is an awesome thing for us. Um, uh, this week, I got a phone call from two, two uh, wonderful people in my life, and both of them were in my youth group back many, 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 many years ago, so um, they, I knew them in high school, uh, and I think probably ninth grade, uh, so a good friend of mine, Mike Riley, and his wife, Delena, are here this morning, Mike and Delena. Mike, how, how old are you now? 45. All right. So we've known you for a long time. And then I got another phone call from another young lady that was in my youth group. We're talking many, many years ago. And Stacy and Fred Herschelman are back there. Stacy and Fred. And there she is. She's awesome. <laughs> and Pastor Mark, they don't have a TV. They have six kids. So they're, they're, they're working on the nine. So any case... I was so overwhelmed that I'm here this morning with two of my kids from youth group. Phyllis and I, uh, we started ministry many years ago. We've been pastoring for over 30 years, and um, it's been a blessing for us to, um, we were called about seven years ago to leave our pastoral position and uh, become missionaries at Disney. And so we've been missionaries at Disney for the last seven years, and uh, yeah, they need it so much. So God, God, took us, God took us from one kingdom and planted us in another kingdom there. And, uh, and so, honey, now that we have all these friends, I'm sure asking about tickets to get into the park. So sure, if you really want to go. Um, but, you know, it's amazing. Phyllis and I were talking about this the other day. Um, our, our daughter, um, she was in college on a softball scholarship in Michigan, which is where we were at for 25 years of our ministry. And um, she, her, her, I'm sad to say, her first husband, unfortunately, he passed away, my daughter's first husband, but he was in the NFL. And before he was going into the NFL, we were sitting in a parking lot, and we were looking at his picture at the college that they met at. And there was this 40 by 80 picture of him like catching this football. And at that time, God spoke to us and said, I'm calling you to something greater than. And we've done a lot of things, pastored a long time. We've traveled the world and done all kinds of wonderful things in ministry, planted churches. And, um, and while we were sitting there, we kept thinking, gosh, what, what could be greater? And so you know me, I'm football, right? Pittsburgh, that's where I'm from, Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And anyway, so I'm thinking to myself, that's it. I'm going to be a chaplain in the NFL. I mean, that makes total sense, right? So that, that's what we're thinking. And so, but then God had a change of plans and, of course, called us to Disney. And we're thinking, okay, yeah, this is greater than. But about a year ago, we came in the back door. Gets emotional talking about it. <laughs> we came in the back door of this church. And the, the worship team and Pastor Caleb, this is greater than. Greater than. Greater than. 
We never thought that we would find a place like this. And I know all of you are here this morning because you had that same experience. And so, Pastor, Pastor, we want to honor you both this morning. Thank you. We pray for you, the pastors, the staff, all the people that are here. Um, it's just an amazing thing to be a part of such an incredible place. And we are so excited because of what's coming. Amen. Your pastor, or my pastor, is so a man of such humility that he surrounds himself with incredible men and women like yourselves. And he's just so willing to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. And um, when he called me this week, so overwhelmed, honored to be able to ask to come and share with you this morning. He said, you know, if you had that moment, that one thing that you would want to share. You know, I've walked with the Lord for uh, over 50 years now. And I got to tell you, I came out of Presbyterian, so we got one Methodist, one Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah. We were the frozen chosen. That's what we referred ourselves as. <clears throat> I was telling Pastor this morning, I came out of the church that had the big pipe organ, you know, and the big things in the back, you know, and uh, had all the Sunday school pins. Uh, my mom and dad got married in that church, and uh, we didn't really know that there was a salvation message, right? But our pastor at that time, he, got, he went to the Charismatic Renewal Conference in Pittsburgh, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost, a Presbyterian pastor. And then he came back and says, oh, uh, you need to have this Holy Spirit. And I felt like Acts 19.2 when Paul says, hey, have you, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They go, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, you know. That's what, I, that's what we felt like. And sure enough, we got introduced to the Holy Spirit at about eight years of age. And I'll tell you what, I got not only filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, but we began to see miracles. And at that moment in time, God called me into ministry at such a young age. I remember I was telling the pastor this morning, uh, we had a prophet in our church, and she prophesied over me. And I, I actually, wanted, I had a goal in life. I actually wanted to be a garbage man because I thought it was so fun hanging on the back of a truck, <laughs> running around the streets. And so it's not very far from ministry. It's very closely related. <laughs> We're picking up the trash of people's lives. Put them in the truck. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So, I'm, and so, you know, when, when we made that decision, when I made that decision to go away to Bible college, of course, that's where I met my beautiful wife, Phyllis, and and, um, and so the thing that when I looked back and pastor asked me that this morning, he said, you know, what is the one thing? The one thing uh, is the Holy Spirit. When, when, when Brother Mark, Pastor Mark was talking this morning about staying hungry, if you're, if you're hungry, it's because that Holy Spirit of God that is in you, that is calling you, that, is, that keeps like pursuing, you're just like, what is that? Well, that is the Holy Spirit that is in you, that is so hung, making you hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And so I'm, I want to say to you that if I could give you any advice, if I could give you all these years of walking in ministry, it is, and, and I use the, the letters, right, O-N-E, that one thing, right? So my encouragement for you this morning is own him. Own him. Own the Holy Spirit. Embrace him. You know, there was a lot of us I know that used to think of the Holy Spirit. I told my wife I wasn't going to say this this morning, but everybody thought the Holy Spirit is the little brother of Jesus, right? 
he didn't really have a big part in things, right? Because we know God the Father, he's creator, right? We know Jesus the Son who died on the cross. But when this Holy Spirit came in the picture, I mean, first of all, we're talking spirit, right? We're talking flashing lights, right? We're talking, ooh, that sounds spooky. Holy Ghost, right? Holy Ghost, right? But the Holy Spirit, oh my, think about when you, when you start to read the word in through the Old Testament, into the Gospels, into, into all the, the letters that encourage the church. Oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit has been there ever since. Matter of fact, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, and now my last name is Waters, by the way, John Waters. In Genesis 1, 2, it says that the Holy Spirit, what was it doing? It was hovering over the waters, right? I claim that for me and my family. <laughs> <laughs> it's been from the beginning of time. And so we can see the Holy Spirit's work all throughout the Old Testament. Whether or not he was, uh, the Spirit of God came upon Samson to give him incredible strength. Or um, maybe uh, uh, there was another time with David. How about David? You know, the prophet Nathan comes to David and says to him in Psalm 51, Hey, I know what you did last night. Woo! Man, that would be something, huh? David, he felt so overwhelmed. Do you remember what he said in Psalm 51? He said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. See, in the Old Testament, you know, the Holy Spirit would just come and go, right? He would come and go, come and go. He would rest upon people for certain acts of service. But then when we get into now the Gospels, we see how the Holy Spirit, when coming to Jesus, I love it. You know, John, so awesome. I Pastor, all the books you said to read today, I recommend them all. I'll, actually, all 66 are excellent. But I, I do say, yeah, don't, don't start in lamentations either. Um, but and, and, uh, we'll just be lamenting. Sackcloth and ashes, we're going to pass those out after. <clears throat> but when John, when John is saying, you know, I've come to baptize with water, but there's one coming who's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. He says, whose sandals I'm, I'm not even worthy to untie. You know, when I, when I read that, and, and then, of course, G, John sees Jesus, right? Behold the Lamb of God. And it says that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Oh, my gosh, what a beautiful picture that must have been, right? And you're thinking, how did that work? How did that, how did that function? What was that looking like? How did that happen? So Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, immediately, of course, we know is driven out into the, to the wilderness, right? And gets tempted by Satan. We know the story. We've, we've heard that before. But it really set the tempo, set the pace for all of Jesus' ministry. And the, far, the part I want to focus on, just in the little bit of time I have left, is um, I want you to open up your Bibles, if you have them this morning, to John 14. I, I want to just show you what I think is just some of the most exciting things for you and I. Now, one of the things that today, because it is Geriatric Sunday, um, all, of you, all of you will be leaving with a pair of these. We have them at the back. As you know, Mark pulled his out. I have mine out. We have so many excellent, excellent. This is a, there's an anointing on this, right? <clears throat> John 14. I love this. <clears throat> John 14. Of course, Jesus is talking about knowing the way and the truth and the life, and, and, uh, and he talks about, you know, um, in my Father's house are many mansions, and, and where I go, and you're going to know the way. And, and, and here's the part, though, that is so, to me, is just so in, encouraging to me. He says um, in verse 6, 
Jesus said to him after he was asked a question from Thomas, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so that's, of course, a verse that we use so often in leading people to Christ, and that's another part of this church that I absolutely love. Oh, my gosh, to, that we have a passion for the lost. And um, if you're here this morning and you've never heard the truth of the gospel, we're here to tell you this morning that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to get to heaven but through him. But I want you to say, I want to say this to you this morning, that it doesn't end with there. I love the fact that we've received Christ, but there is that additional little step. And this is the thing that's going to give you power to be able to live every day, to stay hungry for more of him. So, so he says to him, you know, the Father, he says, I'm the way, the truth, the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so then he, um, he goes on to talk some more about, um, you know, that there's uh, the Father makes this revelation and answer prayer. And then jump down, if you would. I love this. In verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Of course, Lord, we love you. Keep your commandments. That sounds good. But in verse 16, he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper. I got to tell you, I don't know about you, every single day, how many of you know you need help? Oh my, we need so much help in our lives. It, this, is a, this is a time and a season that we are in in this nation, in this country. How many of you know we need all the help we can get? And this promise that Jesus gives to us, this helper, he is here for you. That helper for you. Each and every moment of every day, that Holy Spirit that is, is living in you is alive in you to help you. And I love that Jesus says that he's going to give you another help. And I was like, I'm all for that. And then he says in verse 17, this, oh, oh, wait, wait, let me finish 16. He says, I love this, another help. And then listen, that he may abide with you just sometimes. <laughs> he may abide with you just when you need him. He may abide with you when? Forever. 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 Okay, so check this out. Oh, gosh, I wish I had more time. This is so fun. So this resident Holy Spirit that is in you right now, this resident Holy Spirit of God, oh, man, guess where you're going to take him? Guess where you're going to take him? We're all going to meet in the cloud one day. We're going to be before the throne of God, the very presence of God that rose Christ from the dead. Where does it dwell? How long does it dwell in you? Oh, my gosh. So you're telling me that this Holy Spirit, the little brother of Jesus, no, 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 no. He is God. He is dwelling in you. And he is in you forever. And he is in you to not only help you, but to guide you into all truth, to bring revelation to you. Look what he says in verse 17. Check this out. He says, he is the spirit of truth. I love that. Have you ever been in a situation where the world does not recognize the truth? Oh, my gosh. I don't know about you, but as Pastor said this morning, the world has given us an abundance of humor. Isn't it hilarious? Sometimes my wife and I just sit back and shake our heads and, whew, that's awesome. You know, I'll be using that someday, I'm sure, in a message. Uh, if it just stays around long enough, things change so much. But in verse 17, he says, he, he, he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
it neither sees him. Do you know that you sometimes are not recognized by the world? Because the revelation of God that you carry with you, the presence, power of God, the spirit of God you come that you carry with you, it is not always recognized by the world. Do you know that, right? But then how about when you meet someone? And that same Holy Spirit that's in you is connecting with that. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had bump into somebody and they look at you kind of funny and they're like, are you? I, uh, yeah, yeah. The Spirit recognizes each other. You're, oh, I knew it. I knew it. You know, Pastor Joe and I, you know, Pastor Joe's a Disney guy and I'm a Disney guy. And it's so funny at work. It's kind of an undercover thing, right? So we just can't write, come right out and preach, not least today. And, um, and so I, there's this, I meet people all the time at work, and, you know, you kind of around them. You kind of keep it business. Like, and uh, there was a young girl the other day, and I said, hey, how, did you just get back from break? She goes, yeah, I went home. She was by herself, and she kind of leans into me, and she goes, yeah, my church had like a New Year's Eve thing. And I'm like, oh, right, right. And, uh, and so later on, I see her, and we're kind of uh, alone in this office area. And I'm like, hey, your church, your church thing, was it really? She, it was the Holy Ghost thing. I'm like, all right. So, you know, we kind of get this thing going. There's that connection back. I just love when that happens. I think that's so amazing. All right. But we don't stop there. We can't stop there. Now, I started at 12, right? So I got 20 minutes. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. All right. So I want to I get to one more thing before I close. If you're in 14, stay there. Because John 14, if you jump down now to um, verse 26, he says, But when the Helper comes, I love this, whom I shall send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, listen to what it says. He will testify of me. So when we tap into that Holy Spirit, when we tap in, when the Holy Spirit is alive and living in us, it is going to bring you a testimony. It is, the Holy Spirit is going to testify of Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory and honor to the Lord, right? We don't worship the Holy Spirit because if you start to worship him, it, he goes, no, look up. We immediately turn our affection towards Jesus, right? And that's what I love. I love this place. When the presence and the Spirit of God fills us, we immediately begin to lift up the name of Jesus. We begin to exalt and praise and worship, right? Isn't that a beautiful thing? I love when that happens. It is, I just get so encouraged in my heart. And so Jesus is saying to him that he will testify of me. And I, and I want you to know that that is one of the greatest things that we have in our life, that, that the Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus in your life. When Pastor Fabi was up here sharing about praying for her daughter, um, the, the Spirit of God was working in her and, and, and uh, Pastor Marcella working in them to remind them, to remind them of truth. Even though the situation looked bleak and dire, the Holy Spirit of God working in them to remind them, wait, what is the truth? What is the truth in the situation? Well, my daughter ha has a call of God in her life. Lord, we're just going to remind you. And so the spirit of truth is reminding you what to say. Because, you know, sometimes you're in situations where you're not sure what to say. You're not sure what to do. But I will tell you today, the Holy Spirit is there to remind you, to say to you, this is the truth. Don't believe the lie. This is the truth. Oh, I want that in my life every single day. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, we got to keep going. Don't make me stop. Okay, um, here we go. Love this one. Check this out. I got to get you to this part because this is the greatest. So back in John, we're now in 16, John 16. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. He says this, 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. I, I, I can't even believe that Jesus said that. Could you imagine his disciples hearing that? It's to our advantage. Don't you realize who you are and what you've been doing and the miracles that we've seen and the things that you have done? What do you mean it is to our advantage that you go away? Because Jesus knew that there was going to be one that was coming. And not only was he going to now come and go like he did for so many years, but now he was going to come and he was going to abide in them. And he was going to lead them and guide them and fill them and, and cause their life to be one that was a reflection of everything that he said and did. So that when they started the, the church in Acts, that they would receive that power from He knew something was coming. So it is to your advantage that I go away. Could you imagine? I, I can't even imagine him, them hearing him say that. But that's what he said. He says, it is to your advantage. And now he says this. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send, thank you, Jesus, I will send him to you. Let me just close with this. When we think about that one thing, you own him. Own the Holy Spirit. Receive him. Have him a part of your life every day. The end. Let's talk about the end. Nurture nurture the Holy Spirit. The things that, that uh, Mark said earlier about staying passionate and hungry for the things, that you're going to nurture that Holy Spirit in you. You're going to cause that Holy Spirit to continue to hunger and hunger and hunger, and you're going to go after it. And then finally, the E, I, I was thinking, I said, Lord, which, how should we say this? And he says, express. He says, express the Holy Spirit. How do you express the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the ways that we do that is when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we get this new language. We begin to express. I don't know about you. Sometimes I don't even know what words to say. I'm not even sure what English words to say. But all of a sudden I begin to pray in the spirit. That beautiful language that turns things around. As we begin to express the Holy Spirit, those gifts and things begin to operate in us. I'm going to end with this one little thought. I believe the Holy Spirit so desires to be more manifest in our lives as believers every day. Amen. I had a phone call. I had to make a phone call the other day to, and I'm going to use this just as I close as an example of how the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. I had to make a phone call. I have a life insurance policy. And honey, if you could just close your ears. I have a life insurance policy <laughs> worth quite a bit of money right when I die. <clears throat> I had to change the beneficiary. Uh, uh, I just wanted to check on the beneficiary part and make sure the address and everything was correct. So I, I made the call, right? I, I got the gal on the phone. So we're kind of talking. We're going through all the, the proceedings of that. And as I'm speaking to her, guess who's speaking to me? The Holy Spirit. So we get near the end of our conversation, and I said to her, Miss, I know you don't know me. I know you probably know about my life now, and I have a large insurance policy, but... Um, <laughs> But here's what I want you to know. I know you don't know me. I don't really know you. But I'm a Christian and I believe in God. And I said, sometimes this happens in my life. Actually, it, was, it always happens in my life. I said, I, I wanted to tell you, I, I started to hear a message for you. And she's like, what? And I said, yeah. I said, um, I believe the Lord wants to share something with you. Is it okay if I tell you? She goes, yeah. 
So God began to show me this vision. The Holy Spirit began to, to bring this vision about. And it talked about this jewelry box and that was encrusted with all these beautiful gems and stones and inside with this beautiful something. And so as I began to share with her, the Holy Spirit began to minister over the phone to this woman. And I finished my word over her and she, there's like silence on the phone. And I'm like, she hung up, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, hi, are you there? And I can tell she was trying to compose herself. She says, everything you just shared with me, I don't even know who you are or where you got that from, but it has incredible meaning in my life right now. See, the Holy Spirit loves, 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 loves you so much that he's willing to use us as a vessel to be able to release the kingdom to the world around us, right? So... Pastor Joe and I, we've talked about being at, uh, being at Disney together, and so one of the things I've been praying this year is that, Lord, you know, we're a very friendly place. We like to hug and slap and high-five all of our regular cast members, and so I said, Lord, I want to start this year off with something new. I said, every single time that somebody wants a hug or a handshake or whatever, I said, I want there to be an exchange. I want the Holy Spirit of God to be so full in me that when I reach out and touch somebody, we're releasing the kingdom of God. They may not know it. They may not understand it, but you and I do, right? Why? Because God can tear down and deliver and save and heal, even if they're not knowing where it's coming from. So my encouragement to you is own him, nurture him, and express him to the world around you. Amen? And I'll tell you, I know you're, we're just getting started this morning. It's so wonderful. So our, our next amazing woman of God is coming, Donna. She is a beautiful, beautiful woman of God. I love her heart. She's here to encourage you to take that Holy Spirit and release faith in your life. Amen? Woo! <laughs> well, um, I got born again when I was 20, and I'm not telling you how long ago that was. But, you know, it was just the heavens opened up and the love of God just came and just saturated my life, and I was never the same. Um, just a little background, um, my, my husband and I um, did an itinerant ministry. It was yeah, about 10 years. It was back when there was the aglow meetings and the full gospel meetings and so forth. We worked at a drug and alcohol rehab for a time, and then we pastored for 30 years and we did lots and lots of mission work. And I love Africa. I've been to Nigeria and South Africa and just so many um, nations of the world. I feel so grateful and so blessed because of that. And even more grateful for the nation that we live in and how blessed we are. Amen. Amen. So the one thing that I want to share is kind of twofold. And it's kind of started probably, I don't know, many years ago when I heard one statement, and this one statement hit my heart, and it just radically uh, impacted my life. And this was the statement. If you want to become passionate about God, you must first discover how passionate he is about you. Let me say it one more time. If you want to become passionate towards God, you need to first discover how passionate he is towards you. And that set me on a pursuit uh, of, 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 of discovering God's love on purpose. 
pursuing God's love on purpose, being intentional about it. You know, uh, just I started reading every book I could about the love of God. Uh, I started meditating on just those simple truths, how much God loved me, how passionate he was. You know, like every hair on my head, you know, he has a count of it. You know, he chose me before the foundation of the earth. You know, I love Psalm 139. It talks about he's, he's thinking thoughts about us all the time, and they're precious thoughts, and they're more in number than the grains of sand by the seashore. Well, you just, you know, whoo. And then, of course, there's this prayer in Ephesians 3. Wow. It's not just a prayer that the Apostle pray, Paul prayed for the church. But it's the Holy Spirit-inspired prayer that conveys to us the will of the Father. That each one of us would be rooted and grounded in the divine love of God. The Greek word agape. That each one of us would be rooted and grounded in the love of God. That we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, the extraordinary dimensions and depths of his love. And then it goes on to say that we would know his love. And not just head knowledge, but we would have revelation knowledge. And even more than revelation knowledge, that we would have experience with his love. We would have encounters with his love. And I discovered something, and I think it's so important. It has to do with passion. I realized that God's best, he created us to be responders. He loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. He's always the initiator of any good thing. He's the initiator. We're the responders. You know, when you see a beautiful sunset, a beautiful waterfalls, and I've been to Niagara, like the horseshoe waterfalls or different beautiful things. When you see something beautiful, you just can't help but respond. Amen. And, and this happened recently to me, just a couple weeks ago. I'm walking in our neighborhood with our neighbors. And all of a sudden, we turn the corner, and there is this amazing rainbow. I mean, I never saw anything like it. It was so vivid. It was so beautiful. And it was like a full rainbow. And not just a single, it was a double rainbow. And I was like, it went from ground level to ground level. And I just took note of how the neighbors were responding, how everybody was responding. They were like fetching people and say, hey, you got to come see this rainbow. And even later in the day, I heard somebody say, did you see the rainbow? And you see, that's how it is. We're responders. When we see Jesus Christ, we just get a glimpse of his beauty. That we see that he's altogether lovely. He is radiant in beauty. He is perfect in all of his ways. We just can't help but respond. And that's why Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on revelation knowledge. And you see, revelation knowledge goes real quick into experiential knowledge. When we see him as he is, I mean, that we respond. And that's how it is with God's love. 
I just want to encourage you to pursue the love of God on purpose. Because when you grasp his love, that it is That his love is just like nothing like it. I mean, it's passionate, it's affectionate, it's intense, it's strong. At other times, it's gentle and kind, and it's sacrificial, and it's supernatural. And it's perfect. And so when we experience God's love, I personally believe there's nothing that will heal us and transform our lives and and compel us. It says the agape of God compels us to want to be a blessing, to share our faith. And so this gets me to my part too. Can I get some water? I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Obviously, I'm a pretty intense person. That's why I, God's led me to this church. <laughs> My husband was like the life of the party. Okay. So that's why, uh, if you want to know, that's, that's why. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> So my, my twofold here, my second part is concerning being an effective witness. So those of you that might not know, my husband passed, went on to heaven. He's dancing on the streets of gold. And it would be two years this April. And uh, during that, the two years or so, Leading up to that time, it was very intense, very intense time. And at, some, at one point, we brought hospice, got involved. Um, it was right in the middle of COVID, and I couldn't put my husband in. At, at the end, I, he needed to be in a facility, but I couldn't put him in because the chances I would not see him again. So I did get him into a beautiful facility. Had only It was like a house. It was like a regular house with only six uh, residents in it. And I could come and visit. And it was uh, friends my sons could go visit. But my point that I want to make is during that time, I was around a lot of sick people. I was a lot of, around a lot of people that were dying. And they were stepping over into eternity. And I did share. I got some opportunities to share, but something started burning in my heart. I started aching. I started aching to, to be more effective as a witness. I started being burdened. And I, 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 not that I wasn't, I'm not saying I did share. Do you know what I'm saying? But I was like I was hitting something, that there was this wall, Lord. You put this in my heart. I want to I be a witness. You have blessed me so much, you know. And so anyway, one day, this revelation started, just came to me. And uh, it was the Holy Ghost, as our brother was talking about. 
And I heard this. He said, I want you to use the same principles of faith that you use for every other area of your life. Okay, so I've used my faith. I know how to pray the prayer of faith, and I've received physical healing over the years. I've received restoration from my soul over and over. I mean, if you pass through 30 years, you need restoration for your soul. <laughs> well, you know, one of the hard things, if you pour yourself into somebody for years, and they'll leave and not even say goodbye... So, you, you know, and so I, I received, you know, financial provision and so forth. So the Holy Ghost, I feel like he gave me a key. So I want you to use your faith in the same way that you use it for every other area. And I'm like, okay, Holy Ghost, I got it. I got it. I know, I know how to use, you know, there's Ephesians 6 says pray with all manner of prayer, all kinds of prayer. And so the prayer of faith, Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, you believe you receive them, and you have it. I said, okay, we're going to do this. This is going to be my uh, demarcation. I'm going to step over the threshold. Father, I'm coming to you. I believe I receive by faith right now that I am an effective witness and the Holy Ghost, you're going to work in me and with me and through me. And you, just like Jesus said, he said, I'll make you a fishers of men. I'll make you a fishers of men. And my, my main thing I want to leave with you this morning is it set something in motion in my life. It set something in motion. It worked. And so, how am I doing on time here? I, I, want, to be, I want to honor so I came up uh, with faith declarations, and I'm going to read it, just parts of them to you so you can kind of get the spirit behind where I was coming from. I love unbelievers, and unbelievers love me. <laughs> the unsaved are drawn to the light and glory of Jesus in my life. I'm continually presented with divine appointments to share the gospel. I make the most of every opportunity. I live prepared to boldly respond and communicate the truth of the gospel. The Holy Ghost teaches me what to say. He gives me the perfect words. My words are seasoned with grace and holy conviction. I'll stop there. It goes on. So, I live in the villages, okay? But I'll tell you, it's an awesome place. I have never been so blessed. So anyway, I have a faith declaration from my neighborhood. Jesus, your will is that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, I claim the salvation of every person in my community. I believe every person will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray to the Lord of the harvest. He's going to send laborers into this harvest. I believe and decree the Holy Ghost is working and moving power powerfully. He's creating a spiritual hunger in every heart. I decree my neighborhood belongs to God and the enemy has no place. I decree blessing and protection on every household. I exercise authority 
over the power of darkness that would blind the eyes of my neighbors from receiving the truth of the gospel. I cover every person with the blood of Jesus. I claim a powerful spiritual awakening. My neighborhood is known for its love and care for one, one another. My community is a light that shines in darkness. So I said all that to say it's working, it's working, it's working. I've had so many opportunities. And, um, but why I believe we need to become intentional? Because we just don't realize just how skillful the enemy is in slipping into our lives subtle substitutions for the priority of personal witnessing. And I want to say this, I've not arrived by any means, but I'm on the right road. I believe it. And actually, I am more aware than ever that apart from, apart from him, we can do nothing. That it's only by the grace of God. Just like Paul said, my, think about the Apostle Paul, all that he accomplished, he's like, my sufficiency, my adequacy, it is not of myself. It is of God. He says, yeah, I labor, but it's not me that labors. It is the grace of God in my life. And I'm saying as an old timer here, I don't know. No, no I'm not. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned, you know, you go through the fires and you go through the floods, and one thing you know, that it is by the grace of God, moment by moment. Every time you wake up this day, anything good that I can accomplish, it is by the grace of God. And I have one more scripture, and I'm finished. Hallelujah. But every day is a new adventure now. And I've got to share with my neighbors. It's been amazing. I've shared with fellow pickleball players. I have one with me today. Just raise your hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shuttle drivers, my little seamstress, Isaiah 60. I love this passage because if it's, if it's for any time, it's for such a time as this. It's talking about darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness. The King, says, the King James says gross darkness. Now, if that doesn't apply today, you know, seriously, he said darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But when that happens, I want you, I want my people to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And he says, And he said, the heathen, the unbelievers will be drawn to your light. Even the leaders and authority will be drawn to your brightness. It goes on and says, lift up your eyes and see your sons and your daughters will be drawn to you and they will be nurtured at your side, which that's discipling. Amen. But this is what I want to leave with you. Oh, it's verse 5. Then you will see and become radiant, and your heart will swell with joy because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. And my last point is that there's no greater joy than to be able to share your faith with someone else. 
And uh, I, think, I think we enter into that rejoicing that's taking place in heaven when just one soul comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. It's like a tapestry that's just woven together this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I woke up this morning at about, uh, I guess around 5.30, and I was praying in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit, and God dropped in my spirit Philippians chapter 3. God dropped in my spirit Ephesians chapter 3. <laughs> and, and I start seeing what God is saying. And one thing, you know, Pastor asked me, he said, you know, would you share something? If I was to ask you one thing that has brought you from when you started in ministry till 40 years of ministry, what would it be? And I was real quick to say it. And I said, probably the tenacity to keep on going, you know. And when I said that, I stepped back and, and we talked some more. We stayed on the phone for probably a good 15 minutes after that just chatting. And, uh, and, and I said something. But then when I got off the phone, the Lord said to me, he said, but what is the power behind that? And so right away, I, you know, your mind starts to wait. You know, it, it's not by works. It's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. Are you all with me? You know, and, and the whole idea of grace is, a, is an anointing and a power that gives us something we don't have. It, it, it gives us our sufficiency when our insufficiency is made known. Are you all with me? So there's a place there that God wants us to get to that we can be raised up by that grace. And that grace will raise us up to seat us in a place that's far above all principalities and powers. It'll set us in a place where we can tread upon serpents and scorpions. And it's that grace that got me through everything I've been through in 40 years of ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's what, you know, what God dropped in my spirit. It was like the Lord said, no, it, it's not about your tenacity. It's not about your faith. It's about the grace of God that gives your faith the ability to even live. You know, my lovely wife's here. She lives with me. Amen, honey. Amen. She knows me when I'm up and she knows me when I'm down. But you know what? The Holy Spirit knows you when you're up and when you're down. Are y'all with me? And, and, and there's, there's a place in 40 years. I, I've been through so many different things. I've been through plane crashes, you know. Uh, we crashed the plane and I lived through it. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I've been through situations where gorillas have stopped buses and pulled them over and taken everybody out of the bus but me. And I'm sitting in the back and the guy comes back, comes this far from my face, and he says, there's no one here. I, I mean, I've seen things that, you know, I've been through all kinds of trials and tribulations, but that's not the key. 
That's not the key. The apostle Paul took uh, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he talks about a warfare that's in our mind and how that warfare is battling our mind. And that's what pastor's been preaching on. And, and that warfare's battling in our mind. But then he says this and he continues on. He goes, you know what? Just let me boast a little bit. And, and he takes a whole chapter to, how, to tell how great he was. And how he's been this and he's been that and he's been through this and he's been persecuted and no one loves me and even my best friends don't like me and, and everything. And I, and I started, when I realized that, that makes me feel when I get to this age. Are y'all with me? Because I see these young ministers raising up and I'm going, wow. But then I see these older ministers getting ready to go home and be with Jesus and I'm going, wow. God's a generational God. He's a generational God. Psalm 71 says, when I, you know, I've always, I've always desired your, your anointing and your power, God. And I've never left it. You've never allowed me to be forsaken. Even though now I'm gray and I'm old, I will not allow the power of God not to be given to the next generation. There's generations here today. Oh, Hallelujah. You know, we are blessed to have a pastor like we have and a pastor's wife like we have. I'm telling you, I travel all over the world. I still am in, in ministry, and I travel all around the world, and I don't find many pastors that have a heart after God like these two. You're blessed. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me? And, and I say that out of due respect, and I say that as, as even Mark said, you know, we need him. Are y'all with me? The wisdom that this young man walks in, it, it, it's amazing. And, and I say that out of respect. And, and I'm not saying that just because of, you know, a feather in my hat or anything like that. I'm saying that because God is a generational God. And so, really, it came to me in 1 Peter chapter 5, and it says in verse 1, And now the word of the Lord came, who are the elders in the church, and I too am one, an elder that has witnessed the sufferings of Christ. There's something, you know, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter uh, 4, verse 12, it says, don't be ashamed or don't forget, don't despise the sufferings. You know, there's a place there that we as older ministers and as elders in ministry have been through a lot. But the purpose of us getting through it is so that we can reveal through us the very glory of God that kept us through it all and kept us through it. It, it was the glory of God that caused me. The Apostle Paul took that chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and he just said, God, let me boast a little bit. Let me tell you how great I've been. And see, at this age, it's easy to do that, Mark. When you start getting gray hair, you start thinking, well, wait a second here. Who is that little young whippersnapper going to tell me what to do? Are y'all with me? You get that mentality, don't you, Now you, you just do. And, and, and you're sitting back going, well, wait a second here. You know, I don't know. He's not been through what I've been through. Are y'all with me now? 
And so you have two things pulling you at the same time. You got this over here looking at that young whippersnapper. And then you got this over here looking up and going, man, if I only had the wisdom that Kenneth Hagin had. Are you all with me? See, there's a generational thing here. But the apostle Paul took the whole chapter to complain. And then in chapter 12, he even went on to say, I've been given great revelation knowledge and something has been chasing me because of it. No, it wasn't because he was given great revelation that he was being chased by the messenger of Satan. It was because he was full of pride and was not willing to humble himself under a mighty hand of God which is the fivefold ministries that God has placed in the body of Christ of all ages all denominations all generations and all peoples we're the body hallelujah and see that whole vision is when the apostle Paul finally looks and he says who can deliver me from this voice that I keep hearing what was the voice the voice was trying to get him to look at his circumstances, look at how old he was, look at no one respecting him, look at all the circumstances around him. And finally, God got a hold of him and said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace. And, and, you know, when you understand grace, you have to go to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, where it says that, you know, you, we're to speak to the mountain grace. And the reason why, because when you speak to the mountain grace, it lifts you up. It's like almost a balloon, blowing into a balloon, you know. When you, it goes, grace lifts you up. And see, when you understand that, you get lifted to a different perspective. You start to look at a mountain from up here, and it becomes a mere molehill. When you've been through things, you have a choice. You either accept what you've been through, get mad, get frustrated, and quit, or you rely on something that's beyond you, which is the grace of God that lifts you above every circumstance in life. And see, when the Apostle Paul, I'm convinced this is how it went, Pastor Jeff. I'm convinced. I believe the Apostle Paul said, oh, but, you know, because you know, he said it three times. God said, my grace is sufficient. And I believe the Apostle Paul probably answered and said, ah, but, Lord, I wrote the book on grace. <laughs> and that's how you get when you, you start to get up in age. Are you all with me? <laughs> Paul probably said, but, Lord, you don't understand. And God, and God said to him again, my grace is sufficient. And then Paul said, yeah, I know, Lord. But, 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 but. And then he said again, my grace is sufficient. Stand up, sweetheart. I'll tell you, I felt by my spirit this when you were sharing. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. I'm telling you, God says, daughter, the grace of God is lifting you above the circumstance that you went through. And God is about to give you the mountain. And your mountain, see, you're coming back at like Caleb. Caleb came back at 85 years old and said, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. Yeah, and that's what you're doing there in the villages. You're saying, I'm not finished yet. 
And the Lord said, the spirit of intercession that birthed in you when you were in young ministry, back when you were pastoring that church, that spirit of intercession is what carried your husband through many trials and tribulations during that time. And the Lord said, he's not finished with that spirit of intercession. And that anointing strong upon you. And he says, I'm giving you that area. The Lord said, the, the Lord said in Psalms chapter 2, he said, ask of me the nations and I'll give them to you. Ask of me the contents and I'll, I'll have them dance for you. Come on, somebody, y'all with me. And, and, and that's what the Lord says, daughter, your faith is prevailing and the grace of God, which is the love of God, is releasing it. There it goes right there. Receive that presence right now. Receive that presence. Receive that presence. The wind of God's blowing on you right now. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. That's the anointing. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. See, see. I, I just wanted to share this because it's in my spirit. It's, it's like there's a place that God wants us to get to. Stand up, you two. Pastors, come up here. Come up here. Them back, back, back up, back up. Hallelujah. 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 See, see, in, in 1 Peter, I didn't even get there, but in 1 Peter, right after that, it talks about younger men being willing to submit themselves to older men, and, and, and you do it. See, grace is manifested by humility. And I saw so much humility in these elders this morning. Are y'all with me? There's, I mean, this man right here has been in ministry. How long now? 40 years. 40 years. I've been in ministry 40 years. He's been in ministry 40 years. And God brings him under a young man and under this church. Why? Humility. That's what brings grace. That's what brings grace. See, the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 6, if you want more grace, then you got to humble yourself. And if you're willing to humble yourself, then you'll get more grace. I don't know about you, but I want to get more grace. Grace lifts me up far above all principalities and powers. According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, it's the grace of God that's in him that's lifting me up and seating me far above all principalities and powers. And it's in that place. The Lord said, I brought the two of you through a time that you had a decision. You had a decision. You had a decision to agree with what I was doing or to go your own way. But God said, daughter and son, I planned your destiny. I planned your destiny. And from the time I called you into ministry, I placed you in this house. And God said, this is the day that I confirm before you that your grace is now going to increase. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, 
I, I got to share this. I came into ministry when I was 16 years old, and I was not a good guy either, Pastor. I was on drugs. I was, uh, you know, just everything that had to do with drugs, I was on it. And, uh, and so I, when I got born again, it, God got a hold of me in such a way that it just, it was over. You know, it's like you said, no looking back. It was done. And, and I had a vision, and I want to share this because this is the direction I had in my spirit real strong. I had a vision at, while I was at Bible Training Center and at Rama Bible Training Center in 1983. And uh, I was in my room, and the glory cloud came in my room, and I saw it. And the Lord then began to speak to me. I said, I said, Lord, what is this? He said, it's a foretaste of my glory. I said, if it's a foretaste, I want the real thing. I want everything you got. And then he said to me, Pastor Joe, he said to me, he said, here's what it is. He said, I begin to move in the evangelist anointing to restore the evangelist, not to start the Pentecostal church. And then he said this. He said, I, I then moved, and he said that was in the 1950s. He said, 1960s, I began to move in the pastoral anointing, or the teaching, the pastoral anointing. He said it wasn't to start the, the shepherding church. Are y'all with me? And then he said, I moved in the teaching anointing. It wasn't to start the Word of Faith church. And then he said, I moved into, into the prophetic anointing. He said, it wasn't to start the prophetic church. He said, I moved into the apostolic anointing. It wasn't to start a bunch of bishops and apostles and all the things we do. Then he said this. He said, when the five come together, there is a complete measure of the glory of God represented in the house. That's the glory of the Godhead bodily that dwells inside of you. Now, I share that. Why? Because I want you to see something here, what God is prophetically placed in my heart to prophesy. And I don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, I'm prophesying right now over this church. Because what God is doing, Pastor, because of the humility that you walk in, not many pastors allow it. But because of the humility that you walk in, God is adding to you the fivefold ministries. He's adding to you the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's adding to you the glory, which is what you desire more than you desire to breathe. And the Lord said, I am bringing the ministries in this church because I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And he said, this church will not be known for you. This church will not be known for the name River. This church will be known because of the unity of faith that the church has come to and the glory of God bodily that's rising up in this last day. God says, I am destroying the walls of partition. And those that want their own walls will come down. They will be destroyed. But I'm bringing together all things, all things together, which is the fullness of the love of God that God wants to manifest in the earth. The word of the Lord to this church today is, is that God is about to shake everything that can be shaken. 
And he's about to bring down on the mountain an anointing that is going to come upon this house in a way that the fire of God will not come and go. The fire of God will permanent. It will stay. It will manifest and it will remain. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Stand up, you two, real quick, real quick. I don't want to take you guys... We're all getting ready to eat, but I don't want to keep you all day. Amen. Come here. Come up here. The, the Lord said this to me. He said, I'm taking you a different way. You didn't expect it. You did not expect to go this way. It was a different way. It was something that really you didn't even have in your heart, but that you knew if you would be obedient to it, God would back it and God would be behind it. The Lord said, what you have in your heart is something that you need to hide. Hide it in your heart. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, because when you hide it in your heart, you're going to begin to murmur over it. You're going to pray over it. You're going to seek God over it. And the day will come, says the Spirit of grace, that I will cause that day star to rise up inside of you. And that which you have in your spirit to do in ministry will be fulfilled. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Woo! Mark, you and your wife, stand up, sir. Stand up, take hands, raise them up. I'll tell you, the Spirit of the Lord's on me for ministers this morning. It's just, it's strong right now. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, when you said nations, he said, yes, you'll go. Yes, you'll go. It's time. It's not time to retire. It's time to refire. And God says it's going to begin to manifest the nations in your heart. The nations in your heart. Get ready because I'm going to shake the nations with what I have given to you, says the Spirit of grace. Now, there it goes right there. There it goes right there. I release your presence and your glory, Lord, over him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joe, Melanie, this is your vision. This is your heart. It's been your cry to see the ministers come together. It's the unity of faith that you've birthed in prayer for years. The Lord says you've preached it until you can't even preach it anymore. You speak it till you can't even speak it anymore. It's in your heart. It's in your head. It's in your being. God says you breathe it. You breathe it. And God says, that's what I'm doing. I'm fulfilling the desire of your heart. That's why I told you. That's why I told you. The other church that you went to didn't have that. The other church that you went to only were about one thing, and that's the head, the pastor. But the Lord says, I'm doing a new thing, and that's why I pulled you away. I pulled you away, and I pulled you away for a reason, because it's now the season that I've connected you to a house where the glory of the Lord will have full reign. And the presence of God will manifest. Stand up the two of you because Disney's over. <laughs> no, no, no due, due respect to Disney, but, but, but the Lord told me. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. The Lord says it's time for God to multiply. I see Deuteronomy 
1, 11, and 12 that tells us he'll multiply you a thousand times because you've been faithful. The Lord said the sufferings that you've faced as an elder, it's now time to be revealed in glory. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Bob, you and your wife stand up. Stand over here in the aisle because the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you strong. Ah, I heard the Lord say, he said, he said, don't, don't think there's, there's, there's no one looking. Don't think the call's not there. The call's there. But you're like David. You're like David. You're the one out in the field. You're out in the field taking care of the sheep. But that's the one I look for, the one after my heart. And the Lord said, I'm going to continue to impart what I've planned and what I've desired and what I've begun. And yes, there it goes right there. There it goes right there. There's a special anointing. I didn't know this, but the Spirit just told me, stand up, stand up. I, I, just, I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say, missions, missions, more missions. I heard the Lord say, missions and more missions. Because missions is going to be birthed, is birthed, not going to be, is birthed in this house. <laughs> and the Lord's going to raise the two of you up to step into that anointing like never before. And there'll be teams going out. There'll be teams. There'll be missions all over the nations. There'll be continents opening up over here and over there. Yes, because I've put this in you. It's the missions that I birthed. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, I, I'm not, I was going to do something, but I'm going to turn it to the pastor. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it differently. All right? And uh, if you've got a call on your life, stand up. I want you to see this, pastor. Look around, look around. I'm talking about a five-fold ministry calling. You know there's something God's called you to do. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, praise God. See, I, I believe what God is doing in this church is he's separating this church to be different than the rest of the churches. And every person standing here has a purpose. I have a teaching I teach that's called Find Your Grace. Fit in your place and run your race. And there's nothing more important than you, every individual here today, finding your place. See, we started out in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, which is to find ourselves in his righteousness, not ours, not the law. 
but in his righteousness hidden in him that we might know him in resurrection. And then we went to Ephesians chapter 3. What is that? Are we to know him in? The love of God. Are you all with me? And, and then we come into the whole concept of the grace of God that raises us up to sit in that place where we can truly overcome. Are you all with me? So every person here that's called of God, I want you to just raise your hands right now. Just raise your hands. And I'm going to pray a scripture over you. I'm going to pray a scripture over you. And then I'm going to turn it to pastor. But this is what the Spirit of the Lord said to me in closing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I have not stopped thanking God for you. This is your pastor's prayer. This is your pastor's prayer. And I say plural because God's raising up many pastors in this church. And this is what the prayer is for you. He says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you a spiritual wisdom. What is wisdom? It's the knowledge, it's the ability to apply the knowledge you have. And insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. That I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Hallelujah. His holy people who are rich and glorious and his inheritance. I also pray that you will understand incredible greatness of God's power, which is grace, for us who believe in him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seat him at the right hand of God. Now he is far above all rulers, authorities, and powers, and leaders, not only in this world but the world to come. And put all things under the authority of Christ and has made you, the church, the possessor of all these things. And so my prayer over you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would reveal unto them the hope of your calling. Not their calling, but your calling, Lord. Reveal unto them the voice that cries inside of them, the Holy Spirit that was so eloquently spoken of today father god that the holy spirit would lead them into all truth and guide them step by step to find their grace fit in their place and run their race father god in the name of jesus i declare over the river of claremont in the name of jesus amen Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.